Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. When God saves us through the gospel, the gospel being the message about the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is a savior, the son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. When we are saved through this message by trusting in him, through his faith in his work on our behalf, that he died for us and rose again from the dead. When we come to God by trusting this message, we are made children of God. It's The Bible calls, calls it as an adoption into the family of God. God becomes our father, we become his children. This new relationship involves really all three persons of the Godhead, the triune God. God is our father, Christ is our savior and Lord, and the Holy Spirit comes to be with us, is the indwelling person of the Godhead who keeps us company. So the gospel is a marvelous message why God in all three persons of the Godhead, the creator of the universe, comes into our life, engages us, and accepts us into the family of God. It's truly amazing. And this new privilege then should give us an automatic desire to live as children of God, to please God. And often, in spite of this fundamental truth, we are confused, our eyes are off target. If you're a child of God, it's distracted in so many ways, and we yield to the assault of untruth and sin from all directions. Some of that is in our own systems, some of that comes from the outside and puts a hook into the sinful desire that is in our flesh to find some uh, opportunity to take us away from what is right. But a new life begins with faith in Christ, and this new life is to be worked out. And when we come to the latter part of chapter 5 in the Apostle Paul's epistle to the Galatian churches, we we read about how this new life is to be lived. This new life is to be lived through dependence and empowerment of God's Holy Spirit. It is not living under a set of regulations, which was living under the law. Living under the law means that you have all these rules and you have the mind and you're working very hard to keep all of them, but it doesn't acknowledge this power, this dynamic of, of living in a way that is pleasing to God, that is given to God's children. The mindset of being under the law is that I've got to do A, B, C, X, Y, Z. I mustn't do uh, PQR. You know, I, I shouldn't do all of these other things. And I should do all these things. And as long as I'm doing the right things and not doing the wrong things, I am okay. The new life through the gospel is something quite different. It is. It begins with a new identity, sense of what I am. I'm the child of God. I'm a child of God, and I should live as a child of God. I have been given a new life, which is connected to God himself, and that, that life should manifest itself through me. And the manifestation of this new life in terms of, is in terms of character, of the goodness of God, of righteousness, that is right conduct, of justice, of treating people correctly, 
of purity uh, eschewing, of saying no to things which are morally defiling, in keeping with truth away from deception, dishonesties of all kinds. It has to do with kindness. It has to do with faithfulness. It has to do with love. It has to do with forgiveness. It does away with hatred. It does away with jealousy, malice, lust, and all these things. And this is only achieved by the grace of God given to us through the gift of the Holy Spirit and empowerment by the Holy Spirit. So in Galatians 5 verse 18, the Apostle Paul says, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. It's a different mindset. Being walking by the Spirit is a different mindset than living under the law. Walking by the Spirit is a mindset saying, I'm a child of God, I want to live as a child of God, and therefore everything that is not pleasing to my Father and that is everything that is contrary to my new nature as a child of God should go. I should only behave, conduct myself in a way that is pleasing to what I am now in Christ. And this capacity now is given to me by the Holy Spirit because I was in bondage to sin. That bondage was broken when Christ came into my life. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm not a slave. My, my yielding to whatever I am yielding myself to do now is voluntary. Either I'm going to yield myself voluntarily to do what is displeasing to God or voluntarily to what is pleasing to God. I must choose what is pleasing to God. And by trusting in Him, falling back on Him, relying on God's empowerment through the Spirit, I should live a life that is pleasing to God. So if I'm led by the Spirit, the Word says, I'm not under the law. Verse 19 of Galatians 5 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So there's something more to merely making a choice. It's also that the way I live, in a way, evidences whether I have the new life of God or not. There are some things which are patently of the life of sin and a bondage to sin. And the list given here often does not jive with the list that we ourselves might make. Our lists are often selective. Our, our, our list might single out sexual sins, uh, but does not uh, identify attitudinal sins. Our, our list, depending on our you know, political or other sympathies, might treat justice uh, and oppression high on the list, and they ought to be high on the list, uh, but not consider sexual morality as significant because we have made our own selective list. God's people have often been guilty of being selective in their identification of what is displacing to God. It is a shame that often communities of God people, God's people, like churches, manifest some of the things which are listed here as works of the flesh, like enmity and strife, jealousy and rivalry, dissension, division. These are all works of sin. So 
a, ch- a child of God, children of God, God's people are called upon to live out the new life and evidence by their conduct that they actually belong to God. If we are led by the Spirit, then we will manifest behavior which are produced by the Spirit. Not by the flesh. By the flesh, he means the sin principle that is at work in us. So the manifestations of sin or the flesh are these. Sexual immorality. And the Bible does not identify only married people being unfaithful as sexually immoral. Sexual immorality extends to really any sexual conduct outside of uh, marriage between one man and one woman. This is what God designed at the beginning. When God created man, human beings, he created one male and one female for him and told that man shall leave father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two shall be one. God intended the relationship to be one of fidelity between one man and woman for life. Now, our sexuality has been corrupted, undergone distortions, we sin. And if we come to God after we have fallen into these things, God still with open arms receives us and gives us his forgiveness and gives us his Holy Spirit so that it's always for everyone who comes to Christ, it is a new starting point to live a life in the life of God. So no matter where we have erred and or been blind or led astray or been thrown into various forms of chaos, uh, our situation is not hopeless. God is still calling us to come to him, offering us forgiveness, acceptance, love, adoption into his family, the gift of his spirit. And we then ought to respond by choosing what is pleasing to him. So sexual immorality, uh, all forms of those, and he puts impurity and sensuality, which are mentioned here, probably of the same category, various forms of defilement having to do with the mind and body connected with our sexual desires and the distortions thereof. And then there are some uh, other religious areas or idolatry, sorceries. This would be entering into uh, the magic arts or um, dealing with the unseen world through media, things like that. Um, and also idolatry, and idolatry in our day takes various forms, not just graven images uh, of, of representations of gods, but also whatever becomes an idol uh, that we give the first place to in our life, um, whether it's even love of money and, and covetousness, uh, these are all uh, contrary to the worship of God. So idolatry, sorcery, then all of this interpersonal relational dynamics which are corrupted, enmity, strife, jealousy, quarreling, hatred for someone because of what they have and we don't have, uh, fits of anger, uncontrollable anger. It's strange that we manifest such behaviors only when it's opportune. We might get uncontrollably, uncontrollably angry at home before a wife or children but probably not before the boss at work. So even uncontrollable anger is controllable. We are just letting loose. And we ought to yield these to the power of God's Spirit to behave in a way which is fitting for God's children. 
rivalries, feeling competition. We are constantly focused on our earthly achievement, name, fame, all of those, and forget what we have in Christ, which is acceptance, adoption, eternal life, an enduring relationship with God, a hope of glory at the return of Christ. All of these, are, we forget all these and get caught up on earth, in earthly rivalries, dissensions, divisions, forming parties and factions for our own self-importance or hatred of somebody else. It's so much in the public sphere how these are operate. This is sort of the modus operandi of the day, especially when it comes to politics and things. It's not fitting for the gospel, and it's not fitting for Christianity. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. Paul's list here is not exhaustive. He, he names a lot of things commonly accepted to be bad, and we ourselves know to be bad, and identified in Scripture to be bad, and he says there are more. It's not an exhaustive list. In fact, the Spirit of God convicts us if, even of things that might appear small in some contexts, and that he's able to convict us that these are, in fact, manifestations of sin, impatience, complaining, murmuring, things like that. He has not added these onto the list. So these should be avoided. I warn you, he says, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It is necessary for God's children to manifest that new life that God has given us and live out that new life. If I'm continually living in a practice of sin, it is sort of an implicit or explicit denial of any claim of having come to know God. In fact, the new covenant is a law of God written on our heart. And if I have been born again, God would have given me new sensibilities, and these sensibilities should work, and I should yield myself to the Spirit and be concerned about how I live and flee from sin and want to please God. Because only God's children enter God's kingdom and inherit God's kingdom. We should live as children of God. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu partner.